Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh here. Quite a lot to get into. Last night's rather not entertaining Thursday night football game between the Broncos and the Browns. I'm going to break that down. Then the week seven matchups, I'm going to look ahead to all those as well. Quite a few uh, big games on that should be very entertaining and hopefully more entertaining than last night's. Then I'm going to get into some NBA. Steph, Curry, and the Warriors already playing fantastic. Steph last night looked again like the MVP candidate that he was last year putting on a show. More of that. The NBA Top 75 list, I'm going to react to that. MLB as well. couple of Game 6s. Red Sox-Astros tonight. Dodgers-Braves. Both the Red Sox and the Dodgers on the brink. What will happen? And then college football as well. I'm going to make some college football picks and then finish with my top five NHL teams so far early in the season looking ahead. So let's get started with last night's Thursday night football game between the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. This was a struggle. Two teams that were reeling. The Denver Broncos, who started off 3-0, and uh, lost three straight, so three and three. Teddy Bridgewater, ailing, uh, leg injury, uh, looked hobbled. And then they have the Browns, who are on a two-game losing streak. You know, lost quarterback Baker Mayfield, their two top uh, running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, lost the right tackle. Uh, should Would have been an ugly game. I had Denver just barely eking it out, but they proved me wrong. That defense was not as I expected at all. Very, very poor defensive game. And I know Von Miller goes out uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, I'm glad it's not a season-ending injury. Uh, Looked kind of bad with the way that his teammate kind of twisted up on him like that. But never the point. They could not stop a run last night. They could not stop Dearness Johnson. Opening drive by the Browns, uh, that's exactly what you wanted to open with a touchdown, the nice blend of Dearness Johnson running, the play-action pass uh, with Case Keenum. Uh, Dearness Johnson punches it in 7-0. to Then another field goal, you're at 10-0 Browns, you're feeling good. And the Broncos can't get going anything offensively. No team scores in the second quarter, so halftime we're going 10-0 Browns. The Broncos look so inept on offense. Don't even have 100 yards of total offense yet in the first half. You know, uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman are talking about, is there a possibility of bringing Drew Locke? And I thought any spark would be better because Teddy Bridgewater does not look like himself. They can't run the football to save their lives. This does not look clean at all. Uh, so then, you know, third quarter starts. Nice drive, you know, by the, Brown, or by the Broncos to open up and score, you know, to cut it to a field goal lead. However, you know, the Browns answer back. They get a touchdown of themselves, 17-7. Uh, Going into the fourth quarter, you know, crucial moment now for the Broncos. They have to score. 
either a field goal or a touchdown to just make this a one-possession game. They drive down. They go for it on fourth down, which was very gutsy, you know, because they could have made it 10-7. to But they go for it. They convert. They get the touchdown. It's 17-14. And then now you just need a stop to get your offensive ball back, uh, to get a field goal. You have Brandon McManus, good field goal kicker, but you need a stop. And you have a decent amount of time. You have uh, like six minutes to get a stop, and they cannot get one, not one single stop in six minutes. They run ten plays to end the game. Ten plays. Uh, And they only got to the third down once. A third and two. Uh, which, you know, they got the first down, but they got bailed out because of an illegal motion on Njoku. So it's a third and seven with a minute and like a half left. So you have no timeouts. You know they're going to run the football. It's third and seven. And he lets, they let him run for eight yards, nine yards, get the first down. They could not tackle Dearness Johnson to save their life last night. The tackling was very poor. The defense, very poor. Vic Vangio and his team, he did not have his team ready to play what was really an abysmal game offensively uh, after that opening first quarter by the Browns and really the whole game by the Broncos. This was not clean at all. The Broncos had opportunities to win this game. Their defense looked very very porous last night. The Browns just minimally looked better. Uh, Dearness Johnson saved their season, you know, rushing for 146 yards in a touchdown. Case Keenum, you know, was fine. Didn't turn the ball over at all, at all. threw for a touchdown. So he was kind of the game manager, which is what we're used to seeing with uh, Case Keenum. Uh, but the Browns, you know, were of a better team, deserved a win, outgained them quite a bit, uh, 376 yards to 223. The biggest one was rushing Dearness Johnson and company, rushing for 182 yards to Denver's 41. Denver could not get it going on the ground at all. They couldn't get, you know, a single run all night uh, to help their season. Their longest run was seven yards. Not even good. Not even good enough for a first down. I mean, that's how bad uh, it was. You know, Teddy Bridgewater throwing an interception as well, which you know, ball was too high and they were down there, so he doesn't throw that. You know, it's probably at least you know seventeen to seventeen at that moment, and we know with. The way Cleveland was driving down there, Cleveland probably still uh, would have won, but it changes the perplexion of the game. Uh, those interceptions, it does. Uh, Cleveland was the better team, but I will say this. Now that the Browns have won this game, you know, they're back. There have been reports now of Baker and the additional injury. He also has a left shoulder fracture, so, you know, a broken, uh, broken bone. 
in addition to the torn labrum already. So he's in rough shape. He's probably going to gut it out, even though he'll need off-season uh, surgery. But now there's just talk on what happened last night. Do they need Baker Mayfield? We saw what Case Keenum could do. And look at that. Well, guess what? I've seen what Case Keenum can do. I've seen it. I've watched football for a while. I've seen what that man can do. And he had one decent run that was in Minnesota. Guess what? Kevin Stefanski was there on offense. Kevin Stefanski was his coach last night. What happened? It was a few years ago. Uh... When 2017, Case Keenum, divisional round against the Saints, the Minneapolis Miracle, uh, throws it up to Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is the one who makes the catch, and, you know, the defender undercut. So Case Keenum's done nothing special. He's never done anything special. He is a great backup quarterback or, you know, a quarterback to use for a game or two. He, You don't make, you know, playoff runs with him, which is why their season ended against the Eagles, you know, the following week in the conference uh, championship that year. So I believe they can string together a few runs. But even if they were to get all their guys back, they're two healthy running backs, the right tackle, everybody were to be healthy in case Keenum would be the starter, there'd be no Super Bowl, there'd be no championship run, there'd be no championship game uh, with Case Keenum at quarterback Baker's a guy, he's a legit better quarterback, he's a Heisman winner, uh, he's to me a winner in this league so far, he's played really good with the Browns, do I think he's a top tier level quarterback, do I think he's the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady, the Aaron Rodgers uh, of the world, no, definitely not, not Josh Allen or any of those guys. But he is better than a lot of other options there. And if you're going to make a playoff run, it's going to be him. You know, we saw it last year, you know, just barely losing to the Chiefs with Baker at the quarterback. Uh, Baker plays with a lot of fire, of course, now. We're going to hear all this skepticism of Baker Mayfield, his uh, job security at the quarterback, and all, all that's due to, you know, an injury that's on him, his torn labrum and fractured shoulder or whatever at this point now. So again, I'm going to emphasize that Baker is better than Case Keenum. Uh, You're more likely to make a run with Baker uh, than with Case Keenum. Do I believe Baker Mayfield is a, should he get a max dollar contract should he reset the quarterback market no I don't think he's one of those guys uh, Patrick Mahomes to Dak Prescott's uh, like I said he is not that talented so far from what I've seen in the NFL he's talented I've seen the arm strength the deep ball all that I think he has it it's just some of his uh, decision making which will influence that in your win-loss record as well but again better than Case Keenum gives the Browns the best option to make a deep playoff run. Now moving on to Week 7. You got six teams on a bye this week. Buffalo, Dallas, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, the LA Chargers, and Jacksonville. So they are omitted from any matchups I'll be talking about. 
So let's get right into it. Washington and Green Bay. You know, after picking Denver to win uh, against the Cleveland Browns in Thursday Night Football, you tend to play a little bit more safe in your upset picks. I have a feeling this one could be close. Uh, what Washington did the first half against the Chiefs, I think they can replicate that against Green Bay. But again, it's all on that offense. And they're going to have to score points to keep up with Green Bay. I don't like it. However, this defense you know, that I predicted to be good, that was good last year. Uh, top five defense have let me down. It's really let the team down. I believe they'll play better this week. Anytime, you know, a defense goes up against a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you want to show out, uh, show up. I believe they will. However, Aaron Rodgers and this team will be too much to handle uh, for uh, Washington. I see it remaining close for a little bit like it was with the Chiefs, but in the end, uh, the score will reflect a blowout, and I believe that will happen again. Green Bay will get the win. Kansas City and Tennessee. Now, this is a game, uh, very, very interesting game. Uh, Another top team in the AFC that Kansas City is playing. Uh, you had Bart Scott on ESPN just say that the NFL is starting to catch up with Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, that, you know, is the biggest joke. I mean, the NFL is catching up to Patrick Mahomes, and yet... He's thrown the most touchdowns so far this year and is like third in terms of yards uh, this season. Uh, Super Bowl champion. uh, Been to the AFC Championship game three years in a row. uh, Is still a great quarterback. The NFL is catching up to him. No. Do I believe they're catching up to how this offense is run? Yes, I do. Because it's a very it's a very simple offense that they run. Uh, they have Kelsey run the underneath, and they have Tyreek Hill uh, go deep, or you know they'll do the jet sweeps or the motions, screens out to uh, Demarcus Robinson or Tyreek Hill or Pringle, a little bit of trickery. But the base of their offense is a simple offense, and we saw Kansas City exploit it in the Super Bowl. But they had the athletes to exploit it. Uh, so you couldn't place all the blame on Patrick Mahomes. Some of his receivers made drops, and there was nowhere to place the ball. So you see the teams with athletes trying to do that. You know, the Buffalo Bills uh, try, resembled it, you know, closely, the closest I've seen. And, you know, it was a loss for Patrick Mahomes, and we put all the blame on Patrick Mahomes. And he deserves a fair share of it because he is turning the ball over eight interceptions you know, is a high rate so far. I do believe he'll cut those down. You know, if you were to have no interceptions right now or half of them, you know, four interceptions, we'd there'd be no Bart Scott telling me that, you know, NFL starting to catch up with Patrick Mahomes. With the offense, sure. With the, their scheme, sure. But you can't just stop Patrick Mahomes. It's not like uh, he's really confused. Again, I believe he's trying to do too much. This defense is just porous, and 
they really can't stop anybody. And they can't stop anybody. And right now, they're, to me, going to go up against the most dominant football player on offense right now. That's Derrick Henry. I believe Derrick Henry is going to have himself a day. I don't care if this defense is healthy. Chris Jones out there, Frank Clark, uh, Jadavius Ward, Tyrod Matthew. I don't care who's out there. This defense is not good with them, without them. Derrick Henry's going to have himself a day. I think he's going to want to have himself a day as well. Again, this is their first meeting since the 2019 AFC Championship game where Kansas City was on the ropes. Tennessee was up, you know, 17 to 7, had the lead at halftime, and then they gave it up and, you know, we know that they won the Super Bowl that year. But that same season, they had a regular season matchup, and the Titans won that game. The Titans, you know, what I saw from the Bills was a great performance. Their defense isn't good. It's not inspiring. But again, Kansas City's defense is not inspiring. You're having Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks. You have Derrick Henry, the best running back. Going up, I think a lot of points are going to be scored. I see a similar style game to the one that I watched on Monday night between the Bills and the Titans, where it's this back and forth field goal game. I believe the Chiefs will win this game. I don't believe Kansas City will lose yet another one to a top AFC team, but I think Tennessee's going to be hungry. Derrick Henry, again, will have himself a fantastic uh, game, you know, you're looking at the Tennessee Titans who've beat the Bills. Uh, if they beat the uh, Titans, that's kind of, you know, the big dogs in their division or in their conference this year. They don't play the Ravens this year. So look out for the Titans if they win this game. I have this game being very, very close. I expect it to be a fun entertaining offensive game if you like offense you're going to want to start this game if you have Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey Derrick Henry in your lineups this week for fantasy expect some good production this will be an offensive show Atlanta in Miami uh, two kind of poor teams going up against each other you know Two aback, they just lost to Jacksonville, who was riding a 20-game losing streak. Miami coming off a bye, which they probably needed because they play in London, got the win uh, over the Jets. Now they're playing Miami, who's just getting back from London, they're just off a bye. So I think Atlanta's going to win this game because they are more rested. Again, I expect this to be sloppy. But I want a great game from Tua. There's been in the news uh, lately that Tua could be traded, you know, trading him for Deshaun Watson and the Dolphins taking on Deshaun Watson and all the baggage just to unload Tua. And if it doesn't work with Deshaun Watson, how they're trending this year, they could get another pick at quarterback, you know, one they like more than Tua. So if I'm Tua Tagovailoa, I want to have a great game. I want to prove to the Dolphins that you can win with me. I'm a good player, or if you trade me, hey, you might end up missing me. I've got to prove this to my team. I've also got to prove this uh, to myself because I haven't had a lot of great games in the NFL. I haven't been as good as I was in Alabama than I am here 
in Miami. I've got to prove that to myself, and I think he needs to have himself a big game. Uh, however, I don't have see that happening. I believe you know Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. They'll kind of dictate the terms and they'll beat uh, the Dolphins this week. But I would love for Tua to have a big game. The New York Jets and the New England Patriots. I have a New England Patriots winning this game. Zach Wilson, uh, kind of the interception king so far this season. Nine interceptions for Zach Wilson. Four touchdowns. Double that number of touchdowns. Then he, uh, to give that the interception number that he has. Zach Wilson needs to cut that out. I don't know why he's playing hero ball. I don't know why they have him playing hero ball. Uh, it's the New York Jets. Uh, you know, just off a of bye week, I think he needed that uh, to get relaxed. But the New England Patriots just coming off a brutal overtime loss. To the Cowboys, one they could have won. Mac Jones played good. Damien Harris, I mean, this was a great team performance uh, by the New England Patriots. And they lost this game. I think New England's going to come out angry. I think they're going to give it uh, to the Jets early and often. Uh, Again, another rookie uh, matchup. You know, we've already seen this one in the regular season. Mac Jones uh, beat uh, Zach Wilson in that first matchup earlier this season. It was the second week. That was the week Zach Wilson threw for four interceptions uh, that day. Damien Harris was great. You know, 25-6 to Patriot win in New York. I expect the same sort of result between these two rookie quarterbacks. Sort of a rematch. Won't play again until next year. I really do think that the Patriots, Mac Jones, will have a 2-0 record against Zach Wilson and the Jets this season. The Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Again, another team, two teams that are actually reeling. Carolina Panthers started off 3-0. Oh, a lot of people were talking about this team too. Uh, when they were 3-0 and and, you know, potentially making the playoffs. Now they've dropped three straight, and they don't look good. You know, we've been hearing if Christian McCaffrey will be coming back the past two weeks. He hasn't. Who knows if he'll be back this week. I don't know if this one will make a huge difference because they're playing the Giants. The Giants have been losing a lot this season. They're 1-5 and five, uh, on a two-game losing streak. As well, uh, Sam Darnold has looked like the better quarterback over Daniel Jones. I'll bite the high interception numbers uh, from him. It's sad to see Daniel Jones lead his team in rushing because to me this is a matchup of, you know, what we saw as kind of the two best running backs at one point. We were talking about Saquon Barkley and, you know, the rookie of the year season. He had McCaffrey and his... MVP-like season. And now, they're nowhere to be seen. They're always hurt. They're always injured. There's always something wrong with Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley that keeps them 
off the field. They're not reliable. They just handed out a ton of money to Christian McCaffrey, and he cannot stay on the field. And that's the one thing I saw for concern with him, and I apologize uh, to all the fantasy managers that picked Christian McCaffrey first. Again, fell into the same trap, or at least picked him with their first-round pick, because I would never, I would never do it. Even in one of my podcast episodes when I went through my mock draft of people, I said, stay away from Christian McCaffrey if you have the first overall pick. The injury history there, it's too high uh, again, and that is showing uh, to be right that really both these guys can't stay on the field. You can't say that, you know, Saquon's one of the best or Christian McCaffrey's one of the best because they're not healthy. And you can't say, you know, if healthy, they're one of the best because you can't determine all these if statements. You have healthy running backs and you don't. That's why Derrick Henry is in a class of his own because he puts up numbers only Derrick Henry can do. And he's always healthy. Could that be his intense strength training and conditioning and all the workouts he does? Possibly. Uh, But he is the only one now, you know, Zeke has managed to stay healthy. And there's a few uh, who are Nick Chubb was relatively healthy uh, except for a few games Seemed like Davin Cook was only, you know, two games a year at most. But that's turning into a longer stint for the Vikings. Uh, But it's sad to see great talent not play because great talent doesn't translate into great players or makes your team great. With that being said, I think I'll have Carolina bounce back against the Giants. Daniel Jones can't be, you know, leading the team in passing and rushing and expect to win games. Cincinnati and Baltimore. I was on the Cincinnati train last week, or my bad. I was on the anti-Baltimore train when they played a similar style game to the Chargers. And uh, they played them. They dominated them. And to me, what's this thing with the Ravens having their tough games at home? Uh, You know, the... Colts Monday night they had at home. They had the Chargers at home. This Bengals game's at home. Of course, I know they'll play one more time away. The Packers are at home. The Rams are at home. I mean, you had to give Lamar Jackson this team home games for all those teams. I really don't like it. This is for the AFC North lead right here. The Bengals and the Ravens. Joe Mixon, great. 480 yards. Jamar Chase, Fourth in receiving yards so far this season, 553. Uh, the connection between him and Joe Burrow has been great. Lamar Jackson, to me, has improved as a passer, still their leading rusher. Marquise Hollywood-Brown has had a really good start to the season as well. I don't think we will say the same game where the Ravens just dominated the Chargers. They stopped Austin Eckler. You know, Justin Herbert couldn't get anything going. That was a great performance. I might have Baltimore winning this game, but this will be close. We see in Cincinnati win and contend. Uh, Almost had and beat the Packers, but this is a good team as well. This will be the best Cincinnati Bengals team that the Baltimore Ravens face in a long time. I'll probably roll with Baltimore on this one. 
But you make an argument for Cincinnati, I definitely think there is one there. To me, it's mainly the defense, and can the Cincinnati defense contain Lamar Jackson and this offense? Detroit and the LA Rams, a homecoming for Jared Goff, Jared Goff facing his former team and coach in the Sean McVay and the Rams, uh, Matthew Stafford facing his former team in the Detroit Lions. I know the coaching staff has mostly changed GM since Matthew Stafford has been there, but I know he still has a few friends on that team. I'll bite many uh, left, you know, Jared Goff with, you know, Sean McVay and uh, them, Sean McVay saying, you know, the communication could have been better the way things went down. Aaron Donald texting Jared Goff that he's going to be after him this weekend. I think it'll be an emotional game for both of them. I think it'll be more emotional for Matthew Stafford, honestly, because he was for Detroit much longer. I think Jared Goff has more of a chip on his shoulder to, you know, stick it to the team that wanted to get rid of him. So I think they'll play inspired. I think it'll be a great first half. I think Matthew Stafford might have some emotion that he'll play with. I know he says it's just another game. That's what they all say, and it never tends to be just another game. However, the defense is too good. I think the defense will be more hyped to face Jared Goff. I think Jalen Ramsey will want to get after him, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd. So I expect the defense to make it rough. I believe the Rams uh, get this for when they improve to 6-1 and one and... Detroit's 0-7, and, you know, Dan Campbell's challenging Jared Goff to step up. Uh, will he step up this game? This is a huge one for him personally, for his team, but I don't see it happening. Houston and the Cardinals, yet another sort of homecoming-ish. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt facing their old team, the Houston Texans, Especially J.J. Watt, who was there for 10 years. Three defensive player of the years uh, over there was fantastic. Now, as he said, it's mostly a different team, you know, especially from that 2019. The most recent one that made it there. Coach is different. No, Deshaun Watson uh, with his status. Receivers different. Uh, defense different as well. Jadavion Clowney gone. So the team has changed a lot I expect the Cardinals to win big this week and to me not much of a contest. Chicago and Tampa Bay. Another revenge game for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers or more for Tom Brady last year. The Thursday night football game with the infamous Tom Brady blunder holding the fourth down sign as he lost track of the downs. However... I believe Tampa Bay will win this game. Uh, I do. I believe that'll be an extra tick of motivation for Tom Brady. Leading the league in passing yards. 17 touchdowns this season. Tied for a second. He's playing great. I like Justin Fields. You know, we saw Jalen Hurts last week able to make some plays, but he's not as explosive. Justin Fields is the more athletic. Jalen Hurts has the better arm than Jalen Hurts. With this team in secondary still uh, reeling. Uh, with injuries, I think Justin Fields will have himself a day, much more than Jalen Hurts make it competitive. But Tampa Bay is too talented. They'll win. However, they do have Gronk still out. Antonio Brown ruled out as well. So 
that's the only loss so far this season is when they were uh, out, Antonio Brown out, and Gronk missed some time against the Rams uh, due to his injury. Uh, and he was never, you know, fully back to healthy when he came back into the game. But this team, you know, is going to be a struggle with the injuries Tampa Bay has faced. But I think in the end, it'll be too much. I think Tampa Bay will get the win here. Then Sunday night, Indianapolis and San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is back. DeForest Buckner of the Colts is facing his old team, facing Jimmy G. I think he'll want to get after him. Uh, However, it won't be too much. I think San Francisco will win this game. They're still in the playoff hunt with a lot of season left to play. Uh, Debo Samuel's been good. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has just been uh, all right. But I think this offense can score some points on the Colts' defense. I think Nick Bosa can get after Carson Wentz, even though Carson Wentz, to me, is slowly returning to form in this Frank Reich-style offense. Jonathan Taylor, to me, has been one of the best running backs so far this year. He's kind of unstoppable. It looks like at the moment with kind of big runs after big runs the past few weeks. I think he can rip another one against the 49ers defense as well. I think the 49ers will end up winning this game. So those are all the Week 7 matchups. A lot to get into. I won't talk about the Monday night game until next week, but that's New Orleans and Seattle. Now moving on to some NBA talk. Last night, Warriors beat the Clippers, and to me, what was the best NBA game of the season uh, so far, you had the Golden State Warriors up by 19 at one point in the second quarter. Then the Clippers go on a huge run and actually take the lead going into halftime, 67 to 66. You know, Paul George uh, went on a run, and then after that, it was back and forth. You know, in the third and fourth quarter, Clippers still held on to a three-point lead going into the. Fourth quarter, but the Warriors, you know, and, you know, Steph Curry in general was just too much, especially in the closing, you know, five minutes of this game. Steph Curry, spectacular. Another double-double for him. 45 points. He started off the game, I believe, with 25 straight points. He was like 9 for 9 shooting, 5 of 5 from 3. He was fantastic. 10 rebounds. Steph Curry could not be stopped last night. I mean, 40-foot shots, 30-foot shots, you know, off the dribble or not. He was too good, you know, after declaring his shooting trash against the Lakers. This was the MVP candidate that we saw last year. Steph, Chef Steph, was cooking. He was. Now the Golden State Warriors are 2-0. and Face some of their two biggest foes already, the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, two wins, that's a huge boost of confidence uh, for them. Draymond Green uh, helped out in the assist category, set the toughness scale as well. Andrew Wiggins made some big shots. Same with Damian Lee uh, from three. But I thought this was a great game from Paul George uh, as well. Led his team in points, rebounds, assists. Eric Bledsoe. 
uh, played good as well. Same with Terrence Mann. I mean, they had six players in double figures. There's not much more you can ask for uh, than that. It's just they could not stop Steph Curry, who was just on a hot streak, won this game, to me, single-handedly, with the 45 points. Great game. They were more efficient. They were 51% from the field, 48% uh, from three. You know, to me, the only concern is outside of Steph is their free throw shooting. This was a team that heralded as such a great free throw shooting team with the Clay Thompson, the Kevin Durant, the Steph Curry. But now, to me, it looks like Steph is the only one who can make the free throws. Draymond Green, two for nine. That hurt. Damian Lee missed one as well. Uh, you can't be missing seven free throws, Draymond Green. I said the same thing about Anthony Davis. If you're aggressive and you're getting to the line, you have to convert on those points. But great start to the season. Four of the Warriors. I'm not making any uh, predictions yet so far or where teams are at, you know, four days in. But I really like how the Warriors are two games in. But tonight we got another big game on ESPN, a rematch of the first round last year of a team that sent LeBron packing for the first time in his opening round playoff career. The Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Lakers, another home game for Los Angeles. You saw the Suns in control against the Nuggets, and they kind of let their foot off the gas in the second half. Nikola Jocic came back to beat this team. They kind of looked out of sorts. Uh... But I think the Lakers will look much better this game. I think Russ will play better. Uh, the only thing I'm concerned of is you have Anthony Davis and LeBron combined for 30 in that opening win. They don't win. Let's say they don't and Russell Westbrook gets more points. Will they still lose that game? This is a very interesting matchup to me. You know, Los Angeles, you know, is favored to win by one point. Uh but you have the ESPN uh, BPI, the Basketball Power Index, having Phoenix actually favored. So I really do think this game is a toss-up. It's too early in the season to tell. But LeBron played great. AD played great. I want to see if they continue. Uh, but I think Devin Booker, Chris Paul has to step it up. Mikhail Bridges can't be the leading scorer on this team. And expect to be where you were at last year. I had the Lakers winning the game tonight. Then you also had the NBA top 75 list that came out on, you know, the best layer players in league history. And I was fine, you know, with most of them, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Giannis, the Melo, the Ray Allen, uh, the Charles Barkley, the Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant, Will Chamberlain, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Tim Duncans, uh, Kevin Garnett, James Harden, all those Allen Iversons. Uh, I was signed with every single one. There was probably two I didn't like, and that is uh, Kyrie Irving not in there and Dwight Howard not in there. Why? Because you had somebody like Damian Lillard in there. Now, Damian Lillard has really turned into a great scorer, you know, is a six-time All-Star, 
but he's never won an MVP championship, nothing. Kyrie Irving, I think he got snubbed because of this stance that he's taking with the vaccine right now. Uh, I think that's the reason he got snubbed. But if I'm picking prime Damian Lillard right now or prime Kyrie Irving, I'm picking Kyrie Irving. His handles, uh, his skill level out, out just outdoes, outshines Damian Lillard. Uh, his shooting last year was great as well. Uh, shot 40% from three. So Kyrie Irving can flat out play. Is an NBA champion, mind you. So that is one uh, that very surprised me getting into. And of course, uh, Dwight Howard. A lot of outrage there because with Orlando Magic, you know, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, led the league in blocks, led his team to a NBA Finals appearance, even though he didn't win. So that's one I was kind of uh, surprised that. You know, he sort of got snubbed from that list. But overall, I agree with what most of the players that were in there. Now getting into some MLB. Uh, Two game sixes. There's one tonight. The Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros. Nathan Eovaldi pitching for for the Red Sox and Luis Garcia for the Astros. What a back and forth series it was been. Looked like the Red Sox had control. They were up two to one and kind of were you know, a few outs away from a three to one. And it's taken a turn. Astros scored nine runs in back to back games in game four, game five. Now it's game six. Do they carry that momentum and win or they lose? I'm picking Houston Astros to close it out tonight. And if they don't, they'll close it out tomorrow night. I picked the Astros to win this series. I believe they'll win it now that they're in Houston. Uh, it'll be very tough for Boston to win their two final games in Houston. Uh, talked to the New York Yankees a few years ago, you know, who actually had a 3-2 lead coming into Houston, and they could even get this done as well. Boston trying to win two games here will be rough. Then you have the Dodgers-Braves. Uh, Dodgers, huge game last night. Chris Taylor... Three home runs, beat the breaks out of a beat the uh, uh, breaks off of them, eleven to two. You know, Freeman homered right away in the first inning. It's two zero Braves, and you're thinking, uh oh. You know, Ben Pollock homers and Taylor homers in the second inning. You're like, you know, we got a close game, three to two, and it was kind of downhill uh, from there. But Dodgers really wanted this game more than them. Now it's scary with the way this offense is hitting. You know, what happens, especially because the next matchup, Max Scherzer, I don't think he throws a dud like he does the next game. I think they win game six and force a game seven. Then you're facing Walker Bueller now, and then who does Atlanta start? I want the Braves to win this series. I do. I really do. I think it'd be great for baseball if the Dodgers are in it, or at least for baseball fans. However, I think the Dodgers will somehow find a way to upset, you know, you know, them after taking a 2-0 lead and a 3-1 lead the three final games, I think Max Scherzer can get it done. And Walker Bueller maybe has a little trouble, but the offense wakes up still. I think the Dodgers will win this series and be a rematch of the Dodgers and Astros. And I just got to make one note, too, about... I forgot. I can't believe I forgot this on my last podcast. 
but on Aaron Boone returning to the New York Yankees. I was very upset about hearing this news. Very, very upset. I knew there were rumblings that he'd probably return, but they signed him to a three-year deal. What does that say? What's that message send to your team, to the other teams? It sends a message that you are not for real. That championships don't matter. Boone's the only one, I believe, you know, in his first four years or whatever, to not appear in a World Series or something ridiculous like that. And he won't appear for another uh, three years, so that'll be seven total years, that they do not make the World Series. They won't even make an appearance with Aaron Boone, let alone win. I do not believe that. You even had Alex Cora saying how happy he is that he gets the job. Of course Alex Cora would say that. Him and his team own Boone and the Yankees. Uh, both playoff appearances. The wild card this year, Alex Cora won. The ALDS in 2018, they won. They're a better team. I bet the Astros are happy too. It's like, hey, we beat this guy two times. The Red Sox beat this guy two times. I mean... I mean, one time in the race, so I bet they're all happy that Aaron Boone's returning because he can't manage, and you want to blame it on the players? You want to blame it on Cashman? I'm not going to turn my attention to them because Cashman does go out and sign people. He got MVP, John Carl Stanton, who happened to have a great year this year. Aaron Judge, great fan favorite. Anthony Rizzo, great player. You know, Joey Gallo, who was actually having a great year before he came to the Yankees and stunk up the joint. Glaber Torres, who's been brilliant the past few years with uh, 20 home run seasons, 30 home run seasons. He's been great. Uh, so Luke Voigt, uh, leader in home runs last year. He has talent. Garrett Cole, former Cy Young winner, who's been great. Uh the bullpen as well, a role this Chapman and others in there, Chad Green. So he has talent. He doesn't know how to manage that talent. If they're having bad games, he'll still play them. I won't forget DJ LeMahieu as well, a bad batting champion who has struggled this year. But Boone just keeps the same lineup in times, you know, surprisingly benches players when they're hot and then keeps players in when they're too cold. I mean, he is a terrible a terrible manager. I wish the Yankees players would have said something to Cashman and said, hey, we really don't want to play with this guy. We don't think we'll win. Uh, they won't win anything with Aaron Boone. I mean, it's frustrating as a Yankees fan because uh, you know you have the talent there. You don't have any manager there to direct them to where they need to go. It's frustrating that they're going to waste great years from Stanton and Judge moving forward. Because they have Aaron Boone at the helm who can't manage to save his life. Uh, I don't even think he could manage like an Ace Auto Parts or an AutoZone. I don't think he could manage one of those. I really don't. Uh, let alone manage the most prestigious baseball team of all time, the New York Yankees. And he doesn't hit that home run. He doesn't even have this job right now. I mean... Uh, all of this is very frustrating to watch it unfold because he is not good at what he does at all. That's enough about Boone. I'm sure I will have more rants 
for Aaron Boone the next three years, I'm pretty sure. Now, I'm going to get into some college football picks to round this out. First, Northwestern and Michigan. Michigan, 23.5 point favorites. I think that's a bit much. 23.5 for a divisional opponent, uh, rival, just uh, instituted a trophy. Now it's a rivalry trophy game. I think it'll be much closer than 23.5 points. I think Michigan will get the win. The bye week was needed to keep them at bay. Michigan wins, gets to 7-0. and uh, But Northwestern, tale of two has which Northwestern team will t- show up. The one that dominated Rutgers or the one that got blown out by Nebraska, only time will tell. But I think Michigan gets to 7-0 and this weekend. Wake Forest and Army. My upset pick, Wake Forest is at 6-0, and has had some scary games. I think Army wins this game. Almost upset Wisconsin as well last week. Uh, I really think uh, Army's a decent team. I think Wake Forest, not a real deserving undefeated team. I like Army and the upset. Wisconsin and Purdue. Purdue back in the top 25, just beat Iowa, trying to capture all this momentum that they have. However, I think Wisconsin will win this game. You know, totally put the East still in shambles, even though Purdue wins. You know, they could be number one in the division because they have a tiebreaker over Iowa. But Wisconsin can still, has a lot to play for with Iowa with a loss already. They win this. A game with uh, Wisconsin or with Iowa looming uh, next week. Big game for Wisconsin. I think they win. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Isn't it weird how Iowa State's favored by seven points and has a 78% uh, chance to win this game when they're unranked 4-2 and two and they're playing Oklahoma State, who's 6-0 and oh and is number eight? I think that's a bit weird. I tend to go for the upsets, but sometimes I think maybe the people know what they're doing. I like Iowa State actually to win this game against Oklahoma State. Again, they've had a big jump in the rankings, a la in Arkansas, who's been reeling lately. I uh, don't think Oklahoma State will fall to a level of that magnitude, but I like Iowa State to win this game. College game day. Oregon and UCLA. Oregon dropping the eggshell unis. Uh, new ones for the UCLA game in UCLA. I like Oregon winning this game. Picking them. UCLA just hanging on against Washington. I know Oregon just did the same against Cal. They had to come back. And they've looked shaky, you know, ever since the big win against Arizona. You know, lost to Stanford, been a close one against California. Uh, But I think they'll win this game. I know they're dealing with injuries to star players. A lot of them won't be back. But I still think Oregon can win this game. LSU and Ole Miss. LSU with a big win last week against Florida. Uh, thought that could save Coach O's job. However, it wasn't enough. He'll be dismissed. I think they'll be playing for him a lot to finish off this season. I think they could upset a few more teams. I mean, they play Ole Miss. Then they play Alabama in a few weeks. Arkansas and Texas A&M. However, I still think Ole Miss wants to win this game. They know with uh, Alabama already having a loss, the tiebreaker, they lose one more, you know, it could be them, you know, they're kind of second in command in this SEC West, 
I think their eyes are focused. Matt Corral, who's been playing great so far this season, uh, has another big week this week. Clemson and Pittsburgh. This one, I really want to pick Clemson. I do, because Pittsburgh is a favorite to win this game by both measures. However, I really think Pittsburgh will win this game. Kenny Pickett at quarterback for Pittsburgh, I like. Uh, Senior, 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns to one interception. Been great, been much more better than the offense of Clemson. I kind of like their defense as well. I think Pittsburgh uh, gets this win and officially uh, sends Clemson into the all-time panic mode where they don't even have a shot now to win the ACC. Tennessee and Alabama. I have to have a for sure one on here, and nothing's more for sure than Alabama beating Tennessee. Alabama wins big in this game. Again, Bryce Young, another Heisman contender, 2,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, been playing fantastic. Iowa State, Indiana. You know, Indiana on a bit of a losing streak, you know, kind of played decent even though Michigan State... Played really sloppy last week, made the game close. However, Penn State blowed them out. I think the way Ohio State has looked, the bye week helps out C.J. Stroud. He looks fully back and healthy now. He's got a ton of weapons at his disposal. I believe they do pass all over Indiana. And then finally, USC and Notre Dame. You know, I think USC could win this game. They're struggling, but I'm not going to go that route because of the struggles. Notre Dame will win this primetime game in Notre Dame, South Bend. It'll be too much. I know Jack Cohen hasn't looked good, but then again, you know, Caden Slovis hasn't looked good for USC. Could be a sloppy game. This could be a USC upset, but I think Brian Kelly will have his troops in order to win this game here. I got them winning. That's it, folks. This has been Get Your Goat. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody.